Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network. This is Sound and Vision from KEXP. I'm Emily Fox, and this is Seattle artist Prom Queen covering Britney Spears. Prom Queen is releasing a Britney Spears cover EP on July 30th that will benefit the National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse. I caught up with Prom Queen last Friday to talk about the cover's EP and the latest on Britney Spears' 13-year conservatorship controlled by her father, whom she's trying to remove from the post. Last Wednesday, a judge allowed Britney Spears to hire her own attorney. Prom Queen's Leany was at a free Britney rally outside the court in L.A. when the news broke. I was able to be down in Los Angeles this week. I was actually filming a music video for Lucky, the song, because uh, we did cover it on our five-song EP. And there's a singer named Cassandra Violet who sings the harmonies on that song, and she lives down there. So we were already shooting around Los Angeles for that video and learned that the rally would be happening at the same time. So we kind of decided to take our shoot to the rally, and we got some... Uh, great footage around the perimeter of the courthouse with everybody there with their signs. And um, it was really wonderful to be there when that news was delivered, when we found out that she could get her own attorney. Um, that was a really joyous moment. And um, I was really happy to be there for that. I mean, how long have, have you been following everything that's going on with Britney Spears' conservatorship? And, and how long have you been a part of kind of this free Britney mu- movement? I've been sort of tangentially interested in it for a long time and, you know, reading up wherever I could about it. But it wasn't until all the documentaries started coming out and the podcasts that I really started to take uh, a more focused interest on it. I've been listening to Britney's Graham and Eat, Pray, Britney. These are two fan podcasts that have been really breaking down all the nuts and bolts of the conservatorship. And this is really where the bombshell dropped. This is where this anonymous source called one of those podcasts and informed them that she was being held against her will at a mental health facility. And if it wasn't for this fan-led podcast, the Free Britney movement would not be where it is today. And uh, these podcasters were incredibly brave and unwavering at pursuing the story more and more until more got uncovered. Yeah, it was interesting. You know, I've I was reading up. I, I mean, this this past week is kind of when I really got up to speed with everything. I finally watched the New York Times documentary mm-hmm. that they recently put out called Framing Britney Spears, in which they say that that, you know, call was anonymous and can't necessarily be confirmed. But it just reading all this stuff and, and watching the documentary just brought so many questions to my mind that I love to kind of I'm curious what your thoughts are on it. I mean, this idea that, you know, her father has controlled her finances and told her what she can and can't do. It's like, you know, she was in 2018, you know, had a residency in Las Vegas, was making a lot of money, but 
I understand was only given a stipend of like $2,000 a week she could spend. And so even though she's making a ton, a ton of money, they're limiting her finances, you know, in court, you know, last month, she said, you know, I have an IUD that I can't take out, I'm being forced to take all these medications against my will. And and you kind of you listen to all this stuff. And it's like, wow, she has no control over her life. Yet her father's in control. And in the New York Times documentary, they reveal that he's gone through bankruptcy in his life. Mm -hmm. He struggled with substance abuse, specifically alcohol in his life. So why is he able to make all these decisions for her, you know? Yeah. And it doesn't seem like the very even foundation of how the conservatorship started. People say, oh, it started as a way to protect her, but there was no timeline in which it was an appropriate measure. There's just absolutely whatever Brittany struggles with, whether it was postpartum or if she was dealing back in 2007, I mean, whether she was dealing with postpartum depression, whether she was dealing with addiction issues, whether there were some mental health, health struggles, there's just no diagnosis that calls for being having your civil rights taken away. There's nothing, there's no diagnosis that um, where that's an appropriate measure. And I don't believe that punitive measures are appropriate when dealing with someone who is dealing with these things either. There's ways to help people who need help. And I don't think that treating someone like a child and taking their rights away and giving them an allowance, especially for someone who is very capable, um, is ever appropriate. And the fact that the courts allowed this is really why there's such a big movement today, because it should never be allowed to take someone's rights away that swiftly. Yeah, I mean, it, it just kind of blows my mind. I mean, this all comes down to, I mean, this is a full grown adult that can't make any decisions. And it goes back to 2008, you know, after she she has her kids, she had custody taken away. And then all of this really seemed to heat up after there were like two hospital visits, right, where she was yes. tested under psychiatric evaluation. But we don't really hear exactly the details. I mean, what is your understanding of just where her mental health was at or just her her struggles with mental health. And, and do we know many details about that at all? There's a handful of details. And if you piece them together, it still doesn't quite make sense. There were these two 5150 holds, involuntary psychiatric holds that were called on Brittany um, in that period of time. They were within like a month so of each So someone other. else said that she should go to the hospital, basically. Yes, her family, I think her father and uh, probably... Um, Whoever was on the team at that time, I think Larry Rudolph, her manager, there was some people that were in cahoots with one another to coordinate this 5150 hold that would lead into a conservatorship, but not just any conservatorship, the most restrictive kind, this probate conservatorship that's meant for elderly with dementia. There are other types of conservatorships. There's conservatorships that hospitals can put onto people who are incapacitated, who can't make um, decisions for themselves that are temporary holds. This one was permanent. This one made it, and there was no capacity declaration in, on the get-go, so it should never have been approved. But the fact that they chose this very kind that would make it so that she could not get out of it easily, um, to me, is just very telling. Yeah. It reminds me of that image of Britney Spears shaving her head, mm -hmm. you know, many, many years ago. And many people thinking like she's gone crazy. And after reading all this stuff and watching the documentary, I mean, it seemed like it was really her saying like, I mean, she was a child star mm -hmm. and being told what to do at a very young age. And just to finally be like, 
I am an image, you know, I'm having to do all these makeup things and, and look this certain way. And this is my power taking it away. Like, I don't want people touching any mo- me anymore. And I'm taking off my hair. I'm taking off this part of my beauty. And it's almost like her trying to take control of her life by shaving her hair. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think it was an act of defiance. And it was it was something that you couldn't turn away from, you know, because obviously her words have been silenced so much. So when your words get silenced that much, you turn to gestures. And I, I feel like there is a very strong possibility that she was just trying to communicate in some way that could not be argued that something's not right. Mm, yeah, I mean... Through all this, it just surprises me that she's been under the con- this conservatorship for so long. Why do you think it's gone on so long? And what do you think, I mean, moving forward, what do you think is going to happen, you know, in the future now that she has her own attorney? I think that one of the reasons why the conservatorship has gone on for as long as it has is that they just kept her so busy that it was almost hard for her to know what rights were being taken away um, because she had such little time in her schedule to even have the option to do anything else. Um, I wonder if COVID was a time when uh, things Mm. slowed down enough for her to take notice or for anyone to take notice of what she can and can't do when she's gifted with um, months of time off of shows, um, which is really a first. So I, I kind of think that there's probably a lot of it, but I do know that for for some time she has been trying to get out of this, um, but it's just not something that happens easily. And as we've heard, there's so many roadblocks to her getting her own, her being able to even just advocate for herself. Um, she has not had access to the internet or cell phones or anything. Um, so for mm-hmm. her to get the information she would need to arm herself, her attorney was not advising her in a way that was with in her best interest. Um, Sam Ingham, and he stepped down um, when he learned that she had come forward to say that this was an abuse, abusive conservatorship. I mean, there's so many reasons why it could go on as long as it did. Yeah. And, and what do you think is going to happen moving forward now that she has her own attorney? I feel really hopeful for where this movement has taken this case and just how many people are ready on the sidelines with all the legal jargon (laughs) to defend Brittany and what she's been up against this whole time. I just think that the, the, the shadowy cabal that this was all happened in this whole time, it's like everyone's been exposed. There's all sunlight hitting these corners, these dark corners of how they've kept her. And I, I feel like now she's got not only her own representation and her own knowledge that she's been able to arm herself with, but she has a literal army of people that are ready to fight for this case. Yeah, yeah. So again, you have a, a Britney Spears cover album coming out on July 30th. Tell me more about this project. Yeah, so I love cover songs. I love creating cover songs. And for a long time, I've been really wanting to do a cover album of a single artist. And I really wanted it to be an artist who was a mega pop star, like something that was something that was like a household name. Everyone could know the songs and do them in a way that fits prom queen, fits our style. And 
Britney was at the top of my list for a long time. I produced a cover version of her song every time back in 2016. It's sort of this country version of that song, and I always really loved it and thought, oh, I want to do a full record of stuff like this. And every time I try to fly, I fall without my wings. I feel so small, I guess I So I kind of remade that one for this album and then chose a few more songs of hers. Uh, Of course, the most popular, uh, Baby One More Time and Toxic. And then Every Time, because it's a song that she herself wrote. And then Lucky, because I think it's her song that really describes her situation more than any other song she's ever written. Um, Mm. And then Britney also has a French song. (laughs) And I thought, (laughs) how fun would it be to throw in a track that people maybe don't know? Um, That's from one of her newer releases, uh, just to show that she's an artist with a a pretty deep catalog. She has a lot of stuff out there, and some of it's great. Well, I've been speaking with Lini of From Queen. Her Britney Spears cover album called Lucky will be released on July 30th. Here is one track off of that record. It is called Lucky. Early morning, she wakes up, knock, knock, knock on the door. It's time for makeup, perfect smile, it's you that I'm waiting for. Isn't she lovely? This 
That was Sound and Vision. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, and consider giving a one-time $20 donation to help support this show at kexp.org slash sound. Thanks for listening.